You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Welcome to Success Unlimited with Dr. Patricia Thompson. If you want to be more successful while also being happier at work and at home, you're in the right place. We'll be covering research along with little tweaks, tips, and hacks that will help you to fulfill your potential in the business world without sacrificing your peace of mind. Have you ever found yourself working tirelessly on some sort of task? You know, you're trying to focus, but it's gotten to the point at which things just aren't flowing. So you have the thought that maybe you should take a break but you feel conflicted about it. After all, you've been taught that persistence and grit are the keys to success. So you put your nose to the grindstone and you continue on patting yourself on the back for being so dedicated and hardworking, despite the fact that you're totally wiped out. Now, as an executive coach, I work with a lot of clients who have a strong desire to be successful. And based on that desire, they work really hard and can tend to feel ambivalent or maybe even guilty about taking breaks. Some of them might feel that more work is better and that if they take breaks, they're actually being lazy. Or others might feel like they just have so much on their plates that they can't afford the luxury of taking a break. Now, if you can relate to anything that I've said so far, this episode is for you. And my hope is that by the end of it, you'll have an entirely different point of view about the value of taking breaks. Um, So in today's episode, I'm going to be covering research that shows why breaks are so valuable and actually make you more productive, not less. And I'll also give you some practical strategies that will help you to better incorporate breaks into your schedule. So let's get started and dive into what the research says. Okay, so let's revisit the scenario I mentioned at the beginning of the show. You're working on a task for an extended period of time, and after a while, it feels like you're spinning your wheels. Should you persist on or should you do something else? Well, uh, given what the topic of this show is, um, I've obviously had a bit of a spoiler already. Um, Obviously taking a break is the way to go. And it's actually due to something that's called habituation. Now, um, have you ever seen those Febreze commercials where someone has a cat in the house or maybe some smelly gym clothes and the person doesn't realize there's a smell because they've gone nose blind to it? So in other words, what the nose blindness is, is it means that they've habituated to the smell. They've been exposed to it for a while, and so their brain isn't registering the stimulus anymore. So habituation can be helpful. Um, It's the reason why you're not constantly distracted by the feel of your sweater on your skin, or maybe uh, the smell of your new body lotion. Um, But when you're trying to focus on a task, habituation can actually work against you, because you're not able to maintain constant focus on something that isn't changing. So uh, for example, in one research study, uh, people took part in a memory task on a computer. And one group were given breaks, and during those breaks they did something else, and the other group didn't get those breaks. And what the researchers found was that the group that was given little breaks performed better than the people who didn't take breaks. Um, In other words, they were able to perform better in terms of a memory task. And in fact, the people who didn't take breaks actually showed a decline in their performance. So basically, the bottom line of that research is that breaks help to keep you mentally alert. 
Um, there was another pretty cool study that was done of bank employees, and they had people taking breaks throughout the day. So they were doing things like taking power naps. Uh, some of them were listening to music. Some of them were going for walks, you know, stuff like that. And what they found is that two-thirds of the employees uh, reported feeling more productive and better connected with their customers. And also, when they compared that group to a control group who hadn't taken any breaks at all, what they found was the group that took breaks showed a 13% greater increase in loan revenue that they got year over year. And they also showed a 20% greater increase in bank deposits. So in other words, um, the breaks who took breaks, sorry, the group who took breaks um, made more money for the bank. So, you know, that's not too shabby. So we see so far that breaks help your memory and they also can help you to even make more money. Um, now, research has also found that breaks can help you to make better decisions. So if you're someone that has to make a lot of decisions throughout the day, research has actually found that it can deplete your mental energy through something called decision fatigue. And um, in case you're someone who thinks, well, you know, I don't really make a lot of decisions, you actually might make more than you think you do. So for example, a decision could be, should I check this email or should I write this report? Um, and should I respond now or should I wait until later? Um, how should I start this report that I'm writing? Um, what should I have for lunch? What should I wear today? Should I go address this problem now or should I wait until later? What should I watch on TV? So you're, you're making a lot of decisions throughout the day. And what researchers have found is that as your mental energy becomes diminished, you'll be more prone to either make really reckless decisions or else just stick to the status quo, um, basically just making a lazy decision instead of actually thinking things through. You'll just kind of stick with the way things are. And um, what research has found is that snack breaks can actually help with this. Um, so just anything that gets your glucose levels back up basically helps to replenish you and get you back into a place where you can make uh, good quality decisions. And um, there's actually a really fascinating study. Um, I actually think it's a little bit disturbing too. Um, and what they found is that prisoners who had to appear before a parole board early in the morning received parole 70% of the time, whereas those who came later in the day only got it 10% of the time. And these were like, you know, cases that were very similar. So in other words, people who were before the judges, right after the judges had eaten breakfast, <laughs> were more likely to get parole. The, the judges were more mentally alert. They considered the cases and it served in the client's favor. Whereas, you know, the ones who had decision fatigue and who hadn't eaten recently um, went for the easier choice of sticking with the status quo or having the prisoners remain in jail. So um, note to self, if I'm ever in trouble, I will hope that I have an early court case in the morning. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so far we've established breaks can help your memory, your concentration, they can be more productive, more profitable, and they can also help you to make higher quality decisions. So hopefully by now you're starting to think of breaks a little differently and as something that's important. But in case you're a holdout, I'm going to just talk about a couple more research studies and then we'll explore some practical ways that you can incorporate breaks into your day. So um, there's also research that shows that breaks can increase your level of job satisfaction. 
And I know it's probably not that shocking. I mean, of course, people who have breaks at work are probably happier than those who are working around the clock. But I'm going to talk about this study um, because if you're someone who has mixed feelings about taking breaks, I just want to make sure that you know all of the reasons that you should look at them in a purely positive light. So um, in this particular research study, researchers found that people who took breaks that they enjoyed, and these were things like taking breaks early in the morning or doing something enjoyable, um, found work more satisfying. And so in this instance, breaks included things like chatting with coworkers, uh, going to lunch, checking your personal email, stuff like that. And the researchers also found that taking more breaks that were shorter worked better than taking fewer breaks that were longer in nature. Um, and interestingly, the study also found that taking breaks had a positive impact on people's health. So as I see it, you know, that's icing on the cake, even beyond the benefits for work. Okay, and then the last line of research that I wanted to talk about, and this is about the break of all breaks, the power nap. Now, research shows that even a 10-minute nap can make you more alert and also help you to refocus. And then if you can sneak in a 60-minute nap, it'll actually help you with memorizing facts and also just with processing complex information in general. And then a 90-minute power nap will help to increase your creativity. So, you know, while admittedly not all of us have schedules or the sort of office setup that can allow you to take naps, if you can take one, there are some definite benefits to doing so. Okay, so hopefully I've made my case and hopefully you believe me now when I say that breaks are a good thing and that they'll work for your productivity and not against it. And so if you're totally bought into the idea of taking breaks and you know exactly how you're going to do it, then you might not need to listen to the rest of this episode. But if you were listening and you were thinking something like, you know, I totally agree that breaks would be nice, but I have no idea how the heck I can actually make that happen in real life, then I want you to keep listening because I've got some ideas for you. Okay, so let's start with those of you who are self-employed like me. Now, obviously, you've got a little bit of an easier situation because you have control of your calendar. So I basically have a few main suggestions for you. Um, the first thing I would say in terms of incorporating more breaks is just making sure that you're giving yourself permission to take breaks. Um, I actually remember that early on, when I became self-employed um, prior, I'd been working at a consulting firm. And I was at a firm where we had billable hours. And so basically, we were encouraged to work as much as we could, to you know, be very responsive to clients, you know, kind of flex our schedules to the client's schedules so that we could you know, basically bill as much as possible. And so when I started working for myself, unwittingly, I was creating that same situation. Um, and I wasn't even aware of it. You know, so when a client would say they were available, I would, you know, figure out a way to get them on my schedule. I would, you know, schedule lots of appointments back to back to back to back, just because that's what I was used to doing. And after a while, it started to get a little bit tiring. And I was complaining to someone about it. And she, you know, kind of looked at me incredulously and she said, um, you know, you have control of your schedule, right? Like you're the one who's in charge here. And um, 
for some reason, I hadn't really looked at it that way because I was still so used to my previous approach. And so what I would say is, you know, if you are self-employed, realize that, hey, you are the one who runs your calendar. And as a result, you can schedule breaks in whenever you want. Um, and so the other thing I would say is just make sure that you set boundaries on your schedule. <clears throat> so, you know, put the break on your calendar or schedule strategically based on your own energy patterns. You know, if you know that you're going to be, say, blogging in the morning and that's when you get your best thoughts in, then put that on your calendar. Or if you know that, you know, you're just not energetic in the afternoon, then don't schedule clients then if you have to be, you know, really focused at that particular point of time and you know you won't have the energy to be present with them. So, you know, you get to set your own boundaries. If you don't want to work on Fridays, don't work on Fridays. And so I put more boundaries on my calendar and what I found was, you know, we were able to work around it. And there might have been the odd time that I would flex in order to meet a client need, um, you know, because I do believe in being adaptable. But I wasn't starting from the standpoint of they were the boss and I just had to flex my schedule to them. So something to think about. The other thing I would say is make sure that you're procrastinating intentionally, I call it. Basically, you know, if you're working on something and it's not flowing and you don't have an immediate time constraint, then just give yourself a break and get to it tomorrow when you're fresh and when you might have some better ideas. Um, The last thing that I would suggest for people who are self-employed is if you do have the ability to take power naps, and you probably do because you have control of your schedule, then do it. And, you know, I talked about the benefits of 60-minute and 90-minute naps, but even if you only have like 20 minutes, sometimes a nap can be really helpful. There's actually something interesting called a coffee nap. And basically, the way these work is that if you're feeling a little bit drowsy, you drink coffee right before taking a 20-minute nap. And I know that it sounds counterintuitive, and I'm not going to go into all the explanation of how it works, but basically what happens is it takes about 20 minutes for the caffeine to kick in. And so if you take the coffee nap, you get the power of both the nap and the caffeine. And actually, in one study, researchers found that people who took a coffee nap made fewer errors in doing a driving simulation compared to people who had just taken a nap or people who had just drank coffee. So, you know, you don't have to have a lot of time to take a nap. Okay, so those are some suggestions for people who are self-employed. But what do you do if you're employed, but maybe have some control over your schedule? Like if you're, you know, a leader or someone who is kind of up, just has a kind of job where you have a little bit more autonomy. Um, So the first suggestion that I would say is, like I suggested for myself, just setting boundaries on your schedule. Um, Some leaders that I work with really believe in having an open door policy. And while that's great in terms of being accessible, it also can create issues in terms of them actually being able to get their work done. So, um, you know, there may be times at which you have to close your door and, you know, know that that's okay if it's, you know, for taking a break or recharging. Um, You know, obviously, if you're setting boundaries on your calendar, you can also schedule breaks in there. Um, And what I would say is I sometimes work with people whose calendars tend to get away from them. Like some of the really senior executives I work with say that they have meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And so there's really no time to take any breaks. If your schedule tends to be like that, 
then I would suggest scheduling slightly shorter meetings. So instead of scheduling meetings on the hour, schedule a meeting for like 45 minutes or for 50 minutes instead of an hour. And then you have that built-in 10-minute break to be able to refocus or go to the bathroom or deep breathe or, you know, whatever you want to do in terms of using that break time. Um, so that, that's one way to do it. And, you know, I found that was really helpful when I was seeing therapy clients is having that 50 minutes where I could kind of recharge, make notes if I want to, not feel super frazzled or that I was running from meeting to meeting. So um, that's a really useful strategy. Something else I would say is make sure not to skip lunch. Um, when I was working at the um, corporate firm, like I said, the consulting firm, sometimes we would skip lunch because we would be so busy. But if you think about the research that I mentioned about decision fatigue, we can see why that's such a bad idea. So um, make sure you make time for lunch. And then the last thing I would say is if you can, take a walk during your lunchtime. Um, research actually shows that walks help you to refocus. And if you can do them around green space, it's all the better. That's linked to sort of more positive mood and lower stress. So um, that little bit of exercise and that little bit of time out in nature can be really beneficial. So even if you can't do it every day, if you could do that a few times a week, you know, not only is it good for your heart health, um, it's also good in terms of being able to refocus and recharge and manage your stress. Okay, so all the examples so far have been for people who have some control of your schedule. But what if you're in the sort of job where <clears throat> you just don't have any control? Maybe you just have like 15 minute breaks in the afternoon and a lunch hour, or maybe not even that. What do you do? Well, the first thing I would say is any breaks that you do have, make sure that you take advantage of them. So, you know, again, don't work through lunch. Um, or if you have 15 minute breaks during the day, then use them to do something that you enjoy, like, you know, watching a funny video on YouTube or socializing with your coworkers or, you know, making a call to your significant other, things like that. So really, you know, recognize that that time is valuable and treat it accordingly. Um, something else that you could do in a pinch is just use bathroom breaks to your advantage. So, you know, everybody gets to go to the bathroom at some point during the day. And what you could do during that time is just spend a little longer in the stall, maybe, you know, deep breathe, or, you know, take a moment to think about things that you're grateful for that day. And again, it's just something where you can kind of take your mind off work, even for just a brief minute, so that you can, again, recharge and refocus. Um, and you might mention or have heard me mention just this idea of breathing at various points. And just breathing in general is something uh, not just breathing, deep breathing in general. Obviously, breathing is a good idea, um, but deep breathing is something that can also be really helpful in terms of recharging. So, you know, if you're in your cubicle, be intentional about taking some deep breaths, maybe between calls, just in order to calm your body down and to have a little bit of a break. Or um, if you're in a meeting, and you can't, you know, get out of it, but you're feeling a little bit antsy. Maybe take a little bit of a mental break, not so much that people can tell that you're disengaging, but a little one. And again, do a little bit of a deep breathing exercise and see if that helps you to have a bit of a respite. 
Um, and then what I would say, the last one, this certainly isn't the best option, but something to think about as well, is if you just don't have any time during the day to recharge, then make sure that you use some time after work to do so. And, you know, I know that people are busy. You know, I have a preschooler. And so I know that um, after work, there's often a lot going on in the house. But just try to take a little bit of time for yourself. So, you know, if you could work out, obviously, that would be great. But even if you can't, think of ways that you can, you know, relax. Maybe you could go for a walk with your kid or, you know, use the bathroom and again, use that, um, (laughs) take a little bit more time in there just to relax. Um, You could do it after the kids go to bed. I actually was just talking to someone today who mentioned that in her home, her kids know that her bathroom is off limits and she takes a bath in the evenings and you'd better not come in there. And so she set that boundary for herself so that she can have that alone time. So, you know, try to be creative in terms of ways that you can figure out how to do that, but recognize that it's not a luxury. It really is a necessity that will not only help your stress level in general, but will also help you to be, you know, more effective in the workplace. So those are a few suggestions. And the last thing I would say overall is that when you're engaging in any of these tasks, you really want to be mindful. So if you're taking a break, but you're using your time to go through a litany of all the stuff you have going on at work, then that's probably not really a break. (laughs) So what you wanna do during your break time is try to stay present in the moment by being mindful. And I'm gonna talk more about mindfulness in a future episode, But if you're curious in the meantime, then you can check out a website I have. It's um, executivemindfulness.org, and it'll give you a bit more information about mindfulness just to kind of figure out how you can start to implement that in your life. Okay, so I hope I've been able to change your mind about breaks and that you're now going to be a lot more intentional about including them in your schedule. So that's it for this episode. And if you want to keep up with me, visit me at silverliningpsychology.com. That's all one word, silverliningpsychology.com. And then I'm also on Twitter at Patricia underscore ATL. I'm in Atlanta, so that's what the ATL is for. I would love to hear from you, so please don't be shy. I'm serious. Um, And definitely reach out. You can contact me on the website or send me a tweet. Um, So this is Dr. Patricia Thompson, and I hope you have a fabulous day.